Welcome to the Arrest or Mimics podcast with your host Ben Talon. Hello and welcome to Arrest or Mimics. My name is Ben Talon. This is the Original Thinking and Creative Innovation podcast. Happy New Year everyone. I hope you're all good. I hope you all had brilliant Christmases and I hope you're all lurching out of those mucky shadows that we call Christmas with hangovers and a lack of motivation because just because it's to deal with that <laughs> I hope you're all good no seriously I hope everyone's good up everyone's had nice times with the families doing whatever you're doing traveling staying put whatever I hope it was good fun and I hope it's refreshed all those creative minds and I hope you're coming back strong the weather is overfilled recycling bins and empty advent calendars there's something really sad isn't there about a empty advent calendar don't you reckon I think um mm, I don't really know where I'm going with it, but I just think there is empty, just emptiness, empty boxes and that after Christmas. There's something that it makes you think about how fast the years go. Or maybe I've just got an existential mind because it's a new year. Either way, it's 2017 and thanks for listening. Uh, cheers for coming back. We hit the 50 mark just before Christmas, as you'll know, with Malika Favre. Big numbers, big response for that one. So go back and listen to that episode with someone who is arguably right at the top of the business at this moment in time in the world of illustration and art. Awesome girl, French illustrator, raised in Paris, living in London, doing really, really stunning work. She did a brilliant portrait of um, Charlie Brooker recently for the Black Mirror article in the New Yorker magazine, which was really cool and really well received. And she's represented by Handsome Frank, who are a cool agency doing good stuff too. Um, But Let's talk, more importantly, about my wonderful sponsors and my agency, Illustration Limited. Um, for founding sponsors still with us here in 2017, I hope they'll be with us for many years to come as this show grows. Um, representing now over 200 different illustrators, uh, animators, set designers, fashion illustrators. Long story short, they've got a wealth of creative visual communication talent on their roster, and they do loads of cool work around that. They've got a wicked blog. Go and check it out, keeping you up to date with all the news on the best new creative projects. Go and have a look at that. Um, excited about where we're going. We're working on a couple of big projects together moving into 2017, and... What really blows my mind is I think it's been about eight years since I signed with the agency now. That's crazy stuff. It really is. And things are good. Things have developed over the years. Uh, the, the you know the wealth of talent in that company just getting better and better. So go and check them out, illustrationweb.com. Big things come in this year, I reckon, from those guys. Moving more into animation and moving image too. Like the rest of us have to now with the way things are going with technology. Um heartinternet.co.uk my second sponsor still with us came on board a little later beautiful beautiful people they've come and featured me in my studio a couple of times as like a testimony for their work uh we help each other out they're they're supporting this show they're really into what we're doing with the creative industries shouting about it opening up a few new doors to their clients letting them know about what cool projects you guys are doing and vice versa like to get behind what they're doing too because they really look after the people they host their websites to do the seo to get you up those rankings in google so go and have a look at their seo tools because they're really good for that um work closely with 123 reg fellow company who do a very similar thing so go and have a look at what they're doing heartinternet.co.uk um which brings me briefly to today's guest who we'll talk about a little later it's going to be chatting to dan spain of Rabble Studio in Cardiff. Dan's just set up this whole new awesome studio. We'll get onto that in a minute. But 
Dan and I got in touch via social media. Um, I brought out my book, Champagne and Wax Crayons, May 2015. And Dan came across it because he saw people talking about it doing the rounds. And he picked it up, he read it, and he told me that at the back of the book he noticed that I was doing speaking and, you know, available for, for going and chatting about creativity and all those kind of things, which I do at universities and colleges. And Dan was running design stuff in Cardiff. Brilliant get-together. A load of illustrators, designers, and other creative folk all go to the pub, have a few beers, and they get guest speakers on with a different theme each time. So they got me to Cardiff for the first time I'd ever been there to do a talk. And we just got on really well, and Dan's really fired up and really passionate about what he does. And he told me about, you know, various visits to all these different studios. And we've just built a relationship since. I went over to see him in Cardiff a few weeks before Christmas to have this conversation. And we chatted about that and how quick things have moved since we actually met and became friends. And I'm just really fired up by Dan's passion about the projects he's working on. The way he's grown and developed his projects over the few months that I've known him has been really inspiring to me. And he's become a big fan of this show too, which is really exciting for me. So I just absolutely love those sort of link-ups. And that first happened through social media. So... I guess the point is keep an eye on you know people's networks. What are the people you're following talking about? Why do you follow them? Are you interested in what they're saying? And if so, check out who they're interacting with and, and kind of go for that little bit of outreach in much the way Dan did. And you know you build those relationships, and this is what happens. You don't really know what people are going to go on and do in the future. So I think it's really good to do that and maintain them and really kind of take notice of what people are doing and saying. So. Do that, and that's courtesy of heartinternet.co.uk. And on the printed front, printed.com. They do all my printing. They're absolutely brilliant, great customer service, very good quality and very reasonable prices. And they really do look after you with over 90 different products, all sorts of different finishes um, and other tools. And when I was in Rabble Studio chatting to Dan and I chatted to Paul of Boutique as well when I was a regular listener to this show, he gave us uh, an awesome Christmas card. I was with Lauren Goodland, uh, guest on episode 51. So go and check out that one just before Christmas. And we were chatting about Christmas cards and the likes. And Paul pulled out a wicked uh, Christmas card design with his logo printed in wood and it's now hanging on my Christmas tree. Uh, such a top guy came over and told us how much he loved the show and that was really really nice that meant a lot to me so cheers Paul for that and thanks for the wonderful card uh, but I also noticed a lot of cool printed stuff going on around the studio whether it was prints on the walls of people's work Dan was telling me the plan moving forward with the studio at Rabble uh, setting up in a co-working space loads of cool prints so really trying to make it look sexy and they've got an awesome dinner area and, uh, and, a, and a space that they hire out to local businesses full of awesome printed stuff on the walls but the one thing that stood out they gave, Dan gave me this map and it was called Get Lost in Cardiff and basically the guys at Rabble and other small creative independent businesses locally have all got together and Dan's put together this awesome map and the guys at Rabble have designed this beautiful map and you open it out and it's got a whole directory of all the local independent you know, eateries, uh, coffee shops, other creative spaces and they all shout about one another instead of sort of staying isolated. They're really trying to up, you know, the, the business for everyone in the area. And Dan will later tell me that, that, you know, local bigger businesses have started to become switched on to what's going on here. And they get all sorts of random people now passing through with these maps, doing a round of all the places. So it just goes to show just how much the creativity of those spaces all links in with the local area. And I just thought that was a lovely printed project. And I know for a fact that printed.com do all sorts of concertinas and fold-out maps. And you chat to them, they'll work with you to make it happen, and it's top quality. So go and check them out, printed.com. So, like I say, Dan Spain. 
Really passionate guy. Uh, we got along really well. I've seen him a few times now in Cardiff. And since we first met, he's set up a co-working space which houses up to 24 different desks uh, and creative businesses. And there's a real range of people in there, designers, illustrators. Uh, I think there was a photographer, I might be mistaken. But also, they've got a whole separate space where they hire it out and they're going to be doing their events there. Uh, doing talks, getting guest speakers in. They've got local business coming in and hiring out the space. So I wanted to sit down with Dan and find out that story. I wanted to know if I was to do a similar thing in the future, which I do have kind of small, long-term aspirations to set up an educational slash studio space um, to offer an alternative to what's going on in like higher education. What would I need to do? So I'm going to go and ask Dan for the show all the base questions, all the layman stuff, but also we're going to get into it a little deeper about what it means for the local economy, the local area, and how do we build that to a point where we can take it to people in power and go, look what we're doing, look what creative businesses mean to the local community, look what we're all trying to do amongst ourselves, and look how it goes beyond that and why it needs to be more valued than it currently is. So it's a fascinating conversation, um, and I want to just take the time to thank the guys at Rabble for having me through the door and really inspiring me with an absolutely knockout space that I hope will go from strength to strength. So I'm going to bring you the full story and I want your feedback. So hit me up on the Twitter at Arrest All My Mix. Get me those comments. Let me know if you've got a, a, you know, a similar space. How's that gone? Get in touch with Dan Spain. Link up with those guys. Go and see what they're doing and go for the strength in numbers because I think if we all work together, we can really make an impact and at least go some way to getting in the faces of those who would just rip everything down and turn it into luxury flats because I think it's quite sickening what's going on. So it's cool to get outside of London and see what's happening in a city like Cardiff. So Dan's going to tell us all about that. So without further ado, a quick thanks for coming back in 2017. I hope you're going to be with me for a big, big year and help really boost this show and spread the word along with me because I really want to do big things and strengthen the creative industries by providing this archive of inspirational chats like the one I'm going to give you now with Dan Spain. Rabble, but what's the name of Rabble? Where, where, where did it come from? Through running events and stuff, I always refer to a lot of the people who used to turn up as like, oh, there's always like a crazy Rabble that turned up to this event. It's always like a bunch of Rabble, a bunch of this. And it just went from there. Yeah. Um, and then, as you do, look it up in the dictionary, look it up in the Theosaurus. And uh, one of the definitions of Rabble is a crowd, no, an ordinary crowd of uh, disorderly people. <laughs> So I thought that was really nice because um, it's sort of got a negative connotation. But if you sort if you flip it, it can come across as really positive. Mm. So the ordinary bit I really liked because ordinary people make differences, and ordinary everyone starts off as mostly an ordinary person in creative industries, mm. and then they go on to bigger things and they plug themselves and do uh, loads of stuff. Um, and then disorderly. Um, sort of rang true as well because there's a lot of disruption going on in modern day technology and modern day creativity you think about people like Airbnb um, and Uber who are just taking stuff yeah. and you know disorganising it and then reorganising it and being yeah. disorderly and different approach to business that's cool um, so that was why we stuck with Rabble because we just wanted the studio to represent that sort of approach to things so we wanted like an eclectic mix of people like um, people that were cool but were still very approachable people that were ordinary but totally extraordinary people that were orderly in things they do but were disorderly in mm. their things that they did that's that's sort of where we wanted to go with the name Rabble yeah that's cool 
So, so how long has this been um, the plan then? Because you're a designer, right, by trade? Yeah, yeah, I'm a graphic designer. So I've been freelance for like a year and a half now. I always did it on the side, but I always worked for agencies and stuff. Um, and through going freelance, um, you know, a year and a half ago, it was just working from home and going crazy and mm. talking to the cat and then picking the cat off of the laptop because she's pressing keyboard shortcuts and stuff. <laughs> and then getting up and being like, oh, it doesn't matter if I'm in my pyjamas, whereas it does. Yeah. Um, so I wanted somewhere to work and I always thought about, okay, going somewhere is important because you're getting out, you're getting fresh air. Like the simple, simple things for me is like, Going somewhere is almost like you're focused. Mm. Fresh air is really good for you. Like yeah. walking is really good for you. Yeah. Um, in terms of mental health as well, like just a simple saying hello to a, an actual person who yeah. can like talk to you and you can engage with is really important as well. So we just wanted somewhere to work, um, and it took me a while to sort of figure out that there were co-working spaces and offices and studios around. Um, and I tried some of them out, but there was nothing that really that I really there was nowhere that I really enjoyed, nowhere that I thought felt like home. Um, so it's to put simply, I decided to just make one. So mm-hmm. I thought if I can make somewhere that I want to work, other people will come and work there too. Yeah, um, and that was oh, when did I have? So it it was going for about I had this idea for about a year, and I was trying to build it for about a year. Um, just because there wasn't, as I said, a space in, in Cardiff that I really wanted to work in. And it, it went through a couple of iterations, did different things, and then we opened uh, here in this studio in at the end of June. So yeah, we've been going five, six months now. Yeah, and it's, I'm, I'm, I'm all right, I think it's 16 people. Oh, 16 spaces. Uh, so we've got 20, 22 capacity. Okay. So we've got room for uh, sort of six non-regular people so it's just workspace where you can work out the whole area and then we've got 16 dedicated spaces as well dedicated mm. desk spaces that's cool for everyone and so did you at least did you kind of start off with people that you knew or was this did you recruit people it's interesting yeah because obviously when you're trying to do something you sort of you pitch it to the mates first then you're like I'm yeah. thinking about doing this yeah there, that's a wicked idea definitely do that or if you do that I'll do this if you do that I'll take space and if you do that yeah. that kind of thing um, and I think when it comes to the pinch uh, some of those people change their minds which is fair enough people have got you know other things to do yeah. what I think is really nice um, is that 90% of the people that work in the studio now I've never met before really which is amazing I think we even, had even better yeah really really good so we've just made connections immediately with a bunch of people that no one knew before and I don't think anyone I think maybe um, Rosa and Tabby knew each other before because they've worked together and they've been friends for a while as well. Um, yeah, that is right, because Rosa was telling us about a university incident with peach snaps the other day. <laughs> but we haven't delved into it yet, so I'm still trying to figure out what that was. Um, <laughs> but yeah, all the, all the people here are, um, are, are brand new, brand new and shiny, and they're, they're all awesome as well. I love Brilliant. Them. And everyone's certainly just been given the tour now and everyone seems to be quite into it everyone seems very positive about being here yeah um, yeah it was, as I said it was just that that place that I wanted to work mm. and if, if I wanted to work there then surely other people would it's want what you have in mind isn't it I mean I, don't, I can't speak for everyone but certainly I always had the romantic idea of 
being an artist and having a studio and having this hive of activity going on. Yeah. And what you mentioned, the sitting at home and your kecks is not, that's not, that's absolutely not it. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what you should have the fear of God put into you about in it. It's like, you know, yeah. you know, I've signed on myself in, in brief periods, but it's that idea of being a bit lost and cut out of that whole thing of having a purpose. And I think, like you said about the mental health side of it, I think it's important that I think that's the biggest thing about my studio is that I have to get up, I go to work, I yeah. get to read on the bus, action and emails and all that kind of stuff. And by the time I get in there, I'm ready. Like, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm loosened up a little bit. I'm ready for what it feels like I've gone to work. And I think at home, it's so easy just to fall into putting laundry on and all the bullshit. Yeah, it's distraction central. Yeah. Like, massively, massively. Um, I used to, yeah, just get up. And then I'd go downstairs and i put the kettle on. and be like, right, well, the kettle's on. i make myself a cup of tea. I'll turn my computer on. So i turn my computer on. And then I'd make a cup of tea and I'd sit down and be like, right, I'll do some emails. And then, Jesus, it was five o'clock. It really does. Yeah, yeah when you're in a distracted head, headspace. And I found the last few days, and actually Paul, who was in the studio, just then mentioned about the cold being a factor. And I hadn't come back to thinking about that, but it's really true. Like, when you're, when you're uncomfortably cold in yeah. the studio, it's hard to stay productive and kind of... And I found that last few days, so you just... Um, you, like you said, the time does really fly when you're in that space and it's a destructive feeling when you reach the end of the day and realise it's gone and you've yeah. not really got anything to show for it. Yeah, that's it. It's just like, oh, I've just done like, I've done maybe three emails? What have I been doing? It's yeah. just, you've just been trolling social media. Yeah. Just been like looking at images or like reading blogs and doing all that kind of stuff. Whereas, yeah, I think as you say, if you're in a focused space where you've got up and you've gone somewhere, yeah. you, you're going to get much more done. You're going to have people in there. It, I have this weird feeling here where if, if I don't do something productive at least once a day, that I'm going to let everyone down. But I'm just going to be like, dude. There is that. Because you've got that sense of everyone else cracking on around you. And maybe they're just tossing off on social media. Who well, knows? that's it. But you can't know that. And therefore you feel like you're letting the side down. That's weird. I never thought about that. But subconsciously, I think I had that, had that going on in because I've been in co-working spaces like this before and there is that sense of everyone's got their head down you've got to be doing that as well yeah <laughs> which is good yeah of course there's always the um, there's the complete opposite of that kind of going on as well whereas as you said some people are just not doing anything the same mm. as you're doing what's really nice is that that person is there yeah and it, and it's almost like invisible support so you'd be like what are you doing just be like I'm not really sure I just haven't really done anything all day and yeah. go, oh neither have I just be like oh, okay cool yeah. Should we like go for a walk for five minutes or something and do that? That's a really good idea. And like you said about having collective lunches, that's cool because mm-hmm. it's it maybe stops people from doing that thing where you you, yeah, you put the hours in and you work through lunch, but you end, it's kind of less quality time, whereas that little break and that little bit of socialising yeah. can really like yeah. just another just a fresh injection of yeah. you know motivation, I suppose. Yeah, we always try and do it with lunch. Um I think we're at a point now after a couple of months as well where we're like, are you coming for lunch? Like, yeah, in a minute. Dude, are you coming for lunch? Yeah, in a minute. Come for lunch, come for lunch. And we're sort of hassling each other yeah. to come for lunch because we always have a nice time. We always have a good conversation. And it's even if we're having a bad day or, or whatever, or even a good day, there's always some form of laughter going on. There's a joke. There's a pop culture reference. There's, yeah. Have you seen this? Have you seen that? Have you done that? Yeah. And it's lovely. Yeah. It's really good. And it is just those little things as well that you have... You know, at school or or in other institutions where you saw regular people, where mm. you can talk about last night's TV or you can talk about whatever it is, then you mentioned pop culture references. Yeah, it's very easy to understate those and underestimate and underestimate the importance of those things. But again, you just feel like you were uh, you're relevant. You matter. You know. Yeah. You're in the conversation, no matter how trivial. Yeah. Which again, it's another thing that I never consciously thought about, but. Mm. 
you do miss it. When it's it's not really bad. important. It's really, really important. You know, humans are social creatures. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it exactly, and uh, and also just gives you a sense that your you know your opinions on things matter as well. Because someone's talking about it rather than the wall, yeah, <laughs> or in a tweet, which is fun but not quite the same. But so I mean, you strike me as quite a entrepreneurial person in that, in the fact that you've that you've set this up and you've done this. So obviously, we met through design stuff, Cardiff, yeah. which is another thing that you've you know you've done, albeit with the people off your own back. Um, is that a buzz in its own right to see this come to fruition? Um, yeah, I, it's um, it's insane. Yeah, I. Sometimes I sort of sit back and I go, oh, okay, I did this. That's weird. And I'm like, I don't really know what I'm doing, to be honest. Like, but then I do. So it's sort of, but then you think that you don't because no one's telling you that you're doing yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? There's no right way to Everything do Everything I do, this show, the book, yeah. all the things I'm doing feel like I've winged it. But yeah, it's, it's there and it's done and it's complete and people yeah. are into it. And it's like, okay, it might not be, you know, well, yeah. I don't know what rule set I'm playing by, but yeah. I guess it's the same thing with what you've done here. It's, yeah. The, the frightening thing for me is because this is so big, I'm like super, super impatient. I'm always like, and I guess that's just that sort of buzz and spirit that, that some people have that's just, right, next, right, what can make it better? Can we get bigger? Can we do this? Can we do that? Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay, we need, the, we need the cupboards done. So we need to take the cupboards out and get those redone. We need more artwork on the walls. We need this, we need that. I'm like, actually, this is pretty big and should be over years rather yeah. than months mm. um, and it's almost reminding myself to, to chill out and like it's fine um, always make sure everyone's happy like you guys happy you, it, like the heating as you say I'm like is it too hot is it too cold like it's yeah. good we good that and it's those little nice things that come out as well that the, the buzz is there with things that I never thought would be there like we're just mm. like should we get some fair, fair trade tea oh that would be really nice that's <laughs> like, cool that's yeah good. and also uh, I mean I look around and there's little Christmas lights up and it's just tiny things that you could very easily bypass yeah um, but it just adds to the mood and it, again it feels like a community when those things are going on yeah so the um, like additive things um, and that's the sort of buzz that ha- that happens here with people and as you said adding those little things that make it a community space is the way that we try and approach working here is collaboratively and community focus first rather than workspace focus first mm. so yeah we do want you to come here we do want you to do your work but we also want you to be friends and we want everyone to work together and there's yeah. opportunities to converse and collaborate and, and start conversations mm. to deal with that stuff so um, one of the things we always try to say is okay when you come and work here this is your work home so um, back to your reference of sitting at home in your cacks if you want to do that here like Go for it, I'd love it. That'd be wicked. Just to walk in and be like, <laughs> like, be like dude, you're not wearing any trousers. What's going on? Just like, I was a bit warm. Like, that would be incredible. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm quite easy going. Like, Washing machines in the car, they've got yeah. to get like, Bring yeah. the distractions to the workspace. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's all good. Um, but yeah, um, sort of adding stuff and say, this is, this is your work code, we want it to work for you. You know, it, mm. at the end of the day, business wise, you're paying to be here. So you've got to make it right for yourself. Yeah. If you want something that we can facilitate, then, then we'll do it, then let us know. If mm. you want to uh, add a print on the wall, then bring yeah. it in and we'll stick a nail in That's for really you good, yeah. Because what you don't want, or at least that's what I don't want in the worst space, I've been in some friends' studios and you walk in and I've had places myself where. There's a lot of people in there, but everyone's doing their own thing and no one's talking. And mm. you know, it's like it's very sterile environment, and that's not you know 
rabble, I guess that's the concept. That's yeah. what you want, don't you? You want, yeah. you know, you want a good level of activity and noise and people doing their thing and yeah. feeling like they can tell you if something's wrong or if something's right. Yeah, and I think that stems from from running the events, from running um, design stuff, which you kindly spoke at, which is awesome. Thank you very much. No, it's a great thing. I'm a big advocate of things like that going on in towns. It's great. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, that that sort of openness and that sort of rowdiness going on and people talking and just being nice to each other and generally being a community came I think came from design stuff yeah. I think that well actually I know that the rabble was born out of that necessity for people to mm. just be like where have all these freelancers come from like I had no idea I started design stuff because I didn't know anyone and I was like I've been no one else is doing a design event so let's let's start one um, and then all these people started turning up and I was like where do you work at home at home at home in an office yeah, and share things yeah. like this and it's just like oh okay oh, wouldn't it be good if we could all work in the same place because I just want to meet people Mm. Um, and like find out some interesting things and do, do all the cool stuff that happens there like super laid back super social yeah. um, I think all of those people there just could come into a space like this and yeah. be professional and supportive and have that same vibe and buzz so yeah mm. that kind of stuff is really important to me personally as well, it's, well yeah it's great and I mean that's how we met through that you got me into the talk which mm-hmm. was great that's my first trip to Cardiff and then that's just my fourth visit, you know, and I'm here meeting people, different people being a part of it and I love just, I mean, at the minute I think, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older, I just like joining the dots and I like to feel that I'm slowly but surely just piecing together all these people around the UK <laughs> and stuff and, and yeah. beyond, so, you know, with Japan happening now and stuff and that, yeah. one of the biggest, the people side of it is one of the biggest parts of why I love this industry, you know. Yes. Yeah. I think ever since college it's always part of me that's just missed that feeling of going in and, you know, we would go out for lunch there at college mm. and these are the these are the kind of setups where you can refine that in a way, you know, yeah. in the professional world. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah, definitely. Like all of that stuff is awesome. And that's that's almost the stuff that I try and focus on first. I said it's always community focused first for me. Um, and then it's the studio is the platform for everything else. So you can come mm-hmm. in and you can do your work, but it's the it's the platform for you know socialising and doing all that yeah. stuff. But We've also got, like, like, we have socials here, so we've got a Christmas party coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, next week, actually. Um, the talks now, we're going to hold them here. Brilliant. So it's just getting more people and getting Even that better. sort of yeah. super lo-fi, edgy buzz. To, yeah, but to what start. a great space to have it. I mean, you've got options. We're yeah. looking around for So when we, had, um, when we had our opening, it was, it was good. I, I mean, that's what I love about this space as well, is people do make it their own when they come in. It's like stuff I never thought about, like... Um, the where the sofas and the chairs are in the corner of the room now is raised up on on pallets with some wood over the top. Like that's that's a that's a really long seat, and I never thought about it. But people just sat along there, like having a chat. People were sat on the floor. Yeah. People were sat everywhere. It was wicked, really yeah. wicked. I think um, I'm thinking of a quote by Cal Pilkett of all people <laughs> on one of the podcasts he came out with. Uh, if you put something somewhere, someone will sit on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's true though, isn't it? Yeah, everyone's always looking for somewhere to sit. Great philosopher that he is. <laughs> yeah, all good. Yeah, ah, so, um, yeah, Carl Pilgrim and what I said, I watched his, like, um, China, like, China trip thing. Did you hear any weird things in China? Idiot abroad one. Yeah. Yeah. I know you went to Japan, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Any weird things? Um, some of the food was a bit weird, yeah. yeah. You know, you get, like, um, what you think is, like, a bog standard salad and I have a friend who's been on the show Kerry Lemon who first told me about this uh-huh. and I got ambushed by the same thing and you get to the bottom and there's like a little pile of jellyfish uh, <laughs> and oh it's stuff God. like that so obviously that's quite the norm there but to me I was like well, this is a bit odd um, and 
we have like octopus balls and things like that. Um, so yeah, there are there are. It's definitely the most kind of series of it's the biggest series of weird things yeah. that are completely different to what I know that I've yeah. had in the country so far, which is what I wanted. Yeah, I want it to be completely out of my depth. Yeah, uh, that's interesting as well. Like I mean, there's so much weird food that comes through this place as well because we've got like vegetarians, we've got vegans, we got. Like, yeah. like people with intolerances and things like that. Like I didn't even know what a caper was till yesterday. I had no idea. I'm I mean, still struggling to think what it is. Yeah, that's right. Olive. It's like a little squashy sort of olive. Yeah. <laughs> we just had some of that. It's like, what is it? It's a caper. What is it? It's sort of like an olive. Yeah, I'll give that a go. So, you know, we're all learning. Another benefit to the yeah. studio, the culinary side of it. Yeah. So, so how did you actually go about setting this place up then? What did you? What were your first steps to finding? I mean, I wouldn't really know where to to start if I was going to do such a thing. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I mean, that's a lesson in itself, isn't it? Is that that do, does anyone really know where to start? I think you just got to, as you said, just try to wing something and learn yeah. as you go and see what happens. Um, where did we start? So I guess. Um, like as much as I hate business plans, actually visualizing like cash flow was super helpful. The rest of it was nonsense. The rest of it, like aim your marketing goals. It's just like Arr. and it, yeah, it sort of helps, but you know it's very businessy. It's kind of thing we wanted to stay away from. Um, in terms of cash flow, I mean that in the simplest way possible. It's just like right, do an estimate of how much a space is going to cost. Um, divided by the size of it and how many people you can fit in there, and that's your rent. It's basically like your, your gross cost divided yeah. by a certain amount of people. So it was very, very, very space-dependent, and I think we went round and looked at five or six places. Um, some of them were insanely expensive, um, uh, were... <sighs> A lot of them were managed by letting agents that went that had to ask landlords if someone could use the building for their business, which I found a very strange, strange thing. It was a strange thing because it was just like, why wouldn't you want to rent out your building mm. if a business wants to go in it? And I'm sure there's reasons, but it was like that one building we looked at was beautiful. It was amazing, and it would have taken a lot of work. Um, and we told them what we wanted to do, we wanted to have like a studio, create an environment, a community happening. Um, and this building had been empty, so it was in, in town, the centre town, been empty for six or seven years, literally nothing happening. And there's business rates, like you, they don't go away, business rates, people are not still have to pay them. Um, so it'd been empty for ages, and he was just like, no, and it's still empty now, so it's still been, that was a year ago. It's very weird. It's weird, right? It's yeah. super weird. But the the history, I like. I looked into the history of that building. So it used to be a wax, a wax museum. Oh really? Yeah, like wow. really old nineteen nineteen hundreds nineteen twenties wax work museum with like models and stuff. Wow. Yeah, so it would have been insane. Imagine you just call it the wax work, and it would have been. Imagine done. there were still a few of them there. Could yeah. Oh, it's just part, creepy. Part of the design. Yeah. Like. <laughs> that would be yes. Hang them up there. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A wax work of every occupant. <laughs> Madame Tussauds style, just slightly wrong eyes. Yes, we'll put it in your contract. <laughs> One month after you start, you have to have a full body cast in wax. <laughs> okay, yeah. That'd be interesting. I wonder how many sign-ups you'd get for that. I, I think I'd make the commute from London if that was happening. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Or like just a hand, and we'd have some hand on it. So just weird bodies. Whose feet are those? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Um, we saw like five or six spaces, um, landlords, uh, uh, which I still don't get into, I haven't really got to the bottom of why that happens yet. 
Um, some spaces were amazing and insanely cheap, but would have taken a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of investment. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so we didn't go for those as well. And uh, to be super honest, I actually stopped looking in January. Mm. I was just like, it was taking up a lot of time. Like when you have downtime, it's like you're doing your personal stuff and stuff like that. But it was getting in the way of work. It was getting in the way of projects and like paid stuff. Um, I was running over deadlines and all that kind of stuff. So it's just like, right, it's not going to happen. It's really difficult. Lots of stuff comes out of the wash when you start looking into stuff like this. Like how many things you have to pay for and you have to consider mm-hmm. when you rent like a physical building or like a space. Um, definitely look into that if you're thinking about doing something. Um, so yeah, I actually gave up looking in January and just sort of said to everyone, I'm still looking, like I'm still interested, but I'm not taking more time on it now because yeah. I haven't got the time left. And then it was about a week later, one of my mates emailed me and was like, oh dude, if you've seen this space, we've been empty for like three years and like I know the landlord. I was like, oh okay, that was, that's interesting. Um, so I saw a picture and I was like, perfect. Because yeah. it, was, it was 90% done. Like the, the floors were already here, they'd been waxed and polished. Um, you know, high ceilings, natural light, heating, kitchen, toilet, like, all that stuff was already there. Um, Exposed brickwork, you know, if we want to get weirdly hipster about it, um, (laughs) you know, exposed oak beams and all that stuff. Hanging bulbs without sheds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's all here, you know, it was all good, it was already done. Um, We just had to come in, put some cash in, get some customised desks, paint the walls and... I mean, that sounds like it was really easy. It was was difficult and it took a lot of time to get it off the ground and it was, you know, blood, sweat and tears, same with with most of What's your own investment if you're on that? Okay, so investment-wise, I got some help from family members, which is really, really, really nice, but got turned down for every bank loan, every startup loan, every, like, opportunity and stuff like that. In terms of um, investors, is something that I wanted to stay away from, because yeah. um, it doesn't quite sit right with me that someone's bought some of your business before you've started it. Yeah, it's fine and it works and people love it, but I was just like, I don't feel comfortable with it. Like, it's it's got to work first, and then we'll see maybe later. Yeah. Um, On a much smaller scale, that's the same approach I took to sponsorship with this. It was like, mm. I did I, I, right from day dot, I said, I will refuse to give any editorial control away to anyone. Yeah. If someone's getting involved, it's because they care about what I'm trying to achieve, and I guess it's got to be the same with you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and just talking to loads of people as well. Uh, so the, the actual cash flow, terrifyingly, is from credit. Like, I got... Well, how many have I got now? I've got four credit cards now. Yeah. So it's terrifying. But if you're really sensible and you're really clever about it, um, it can actually work really well. Because you don't... You know, I mean, you need to have a good credit rating to get credit. And I'm definitely not not saying, come out and get lots of credit, because it's dangerous. And yeah. like, you probably shouldn't do it. But risk, if it works, is really good. Um, yeah, of course. You know, and this, it's like 0% interest and all that kind of stuff, which Perfect. you can look into. Um, yeah. It just, you've got to manage it because it can go wrong. So Yeah. Um, and did you meet like the landlord? I mean, I'm thinking in terms now of, uh, we've talked earlier about the whole kind of studio space crisis for creatives in London at the minute because it's just, rents have gone through the roof, uh, you know, the, the whole gentrification thing's happening, so everywhere's becoming luxury flats. And yeah. Artists are getting pushed out to the suburbs. Is, or was that a fear? And have you been able to speak to the person who owns the building in terms of security of you not being kicked out in, the, let's say, a year's time? Yeah, so um, 
really, really awesome landlord. Um, I am under no illusion that we're insanely lucky to have this space and we're insanely lucky to have the landlord that we've got. So the landlord actually owns the whole building. Um, it's, it's not sublet it, it's not part owned by government or council or anything like that. He, he, they bought it back in, I don't know, 20, 20 30 years ago. So they, yeah. they own it, more just gone, super happy. Um, and they used to run a design and creative studio out of the whole building. So immediately, they're totally sympathetic because they're like, oh, you want to run a creative business out of our creative building? Like, cool. Perfect. That's like, what you need. Done. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's a couple of really nice things that, that, that came to light through talking to the landlord is that he said if he, was, if he was my age now, he'd be doing this in his building. You know, he's running the agency for years and years and years and be doing it. And when they bought the building, they wanted it to be the you know, go-to place for creative people in Cardiff for oh, yeah. photographers and designers. They wanted this building to be that place. You know, standard story, recession, all that kind of stuff didn't quite work, but they've got this building that they're letting amazing people use. Oh, yeah. um, and so, and yeah. like for like attracts, isn't it? I mean, we yeah. walked here and I already spotted a couple of other creative mm. kind of um, places. I think I saw, was it a gallery or something? Kind of so, yeah, there's, um, so next door to us is uh, Third Floor Gallery, which is a photographer's gallery. There's a commercial art shop up the road. Um, <clears throat> but in terms of what you were saying about um, spaces popping up and stuff like that, we're in Cardiff Bay and... Like a couple of years ago, I was like, Cardiff Bay's rubbish. There's no one. There's no one here. Nothing happens. But then when you start getting involved in the scene a bit more, you realise that all of the design studios are in Cardiff Bay. Mm. All of the creative companies are in Cardiff Bay. Nice. I just never used to see them yeah. in the day because they're all at work. They're all in their own buildings. You don't know do you? Yeah. Let's <laughs> yeah. face it. Most places are like above shops or yeah. Even some of the biggest places you know that I've been and visited in London are above things. Yeah. So you don't. Yeah, look, you know, it's not like they've got a big Argos sign mm. on the front. Whatever. Yeah. Know. That's it. But then we go out now and then like you just bump into everyone and you're like, hey, how's it going? What a great thing. Yeah, it really is. I mean, on so many levels, it must be so exciting to just come here and know that on any given day you can have these exciting encounters with interesting people. Yeah, but stuff's happening as well. Um, Stuff's happening down Cardiff Bay, which I'm super excited about now. So before we moved in, um, the the street food pizza place opened across the road. So we've got like this cool artisan, like like, pizza place that's run out of a shipping container opposite us, which is a amazing they do insane pizza and they're they're also super ethical um a good pizza pronto they do every pizza you buy they give one to a homeless person oh wow it's amazing what a great concept so like every day we're like here's a pizza like thanks very much brilliant that's really cool yeah that's cool um you know we've got coffee shops opening we've got um then we've got like a, a, a vegetarian food place opening up the road in a couple of months you know we've got these great buildings these great places that are mm. being used and I think a lot of the reason behind that is there's huge development going on in Cardiff city centre at the moment so this lack of creative space has already happened in the city centre so um, up the road from us we've got a place called Morgan uh, Morgan Studios now they used to be based in the city centre in Morgan Arcade um, and it was you know it was always cold and it was, it was like proper art studios you know it was like really good like loads of amazing people in there um, and then the owners of like the, the arcades or the landlords were like, oh, oh this is a good idea. Mm. Uh, I like this. So they, they revamped it all, tripled the rent, and they got pushed out. So now that place in town has got a whole bunch of different people in it. So that's already <laughs> happening. 
Um, it was a super, super lo-fi um, arts, what did you say, institution? It was an art space. So it was like art space, studios, slash gallery, event space. I don't think, they didn't have a cafe in it, but it was called Abacus. Yeah. And it was opposite the train station. Um, and it was, you know, it was dirty and it was gross, but it was, it was awesome. There was just like loads of weird stuff in there all the time. Um, someone got, they, they had a gig in there and someone got locked into the bank vault and they had to call the fire brigades <laughs> to like let them out. Brilliant. It was, but it was like, you know, it was just health and safety madness. Yeah. They, they, the bank vault, they didn't know the code for it and no one had the key. So they just used to prop open, <laughs> they used to prop open this door. Someone got properly come to Yeah, yeah. They, used to, they just used to prop open the door with like a bit of wood or like a pole or something. And there's just like a sign on a bit of A4, like, don't shut the door. Because <laughs> it will never open. Yeah, and then someone was like, work, close the door. <laughs> and then the fire brigade had to um, punch a hole through a, like a... How big is that? Like a two-foot concrete wall? Oh, God. Yeah, to get them out. Like breaking down the wall. Yeah. That's unbelievable. They were stuck in there for like seven hours, I think. Oh, yeah. God. But it was amazing. Like, we did a couple of events in there. Um, you know, it was... Yeah, it was just no regulations at all. So it was sort, <laughs> it was sort of dangerous, but it was really good. But And they got... Um, I think the last time I saw them, uh, I said, how's it going to the Abacus? Because it was always a short-term thing. Um and they were like, yeah, it's really good. We found out today that we've got another two years. I was like, that's amazing. That's really good. Like, you guys cool. are doing a great thing. Um, like, keep going. I know you've got other jobs on the side mm. and stuff like that. Like, it's good because yeah, everyone loves it. And yeah. there's such a buzz and they, they do amazing stuff there. And, um, and I think it was two days later, they posted that they were closing in, like, two weeks. Really? Yeah, so they got told one one day they had two years, and then three and days later they, were, they oh, were like, no, shit. you've got to be out in like two weeks to a month. Shocking. Yeah, but then it sat empty for about six months, that building, and now there's a Boots there. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so everyone needs a Boots. That's bad, isn't it? That's yeah. ridiculous. But it, it is happening, like you were saying, in London. It, it just, it sucks. Um, there's, the, one of the things that is frustrating here, and we haven't quite, we, we're not making enough of an impact at the moment because it's still brand new, but one of the things I'd like to do is get involved with, you know, some sort of board or talk to some sort of, talk to some people, some people mm-hmm. that know a lot of stuff and know who to talk to about this stuff, about using space that's already there. So um, the coal exchange around the corner is a really good example. That's had like a couple of million pounds invested in it by a mm-hmm. private company that's going to be a hotel. So amazing that that building is staying, but all of the artists that were renting rooms out there have been have gone. Um, and it, you know, it was nearly beyond repair, and it was leaking, and it was you know, some of it was derelict and dangerous. Um, but that seems to happen quite a lot. Is that it's something happens privately because there's money invested initially, like big sums of people can afford it, but change it to something maybe then what would be beneficial is to treat something more for a community focus mm-hmm. um, you know reasonably priced all that kind of stuff but you know, I'm not an authority on it and I'm not really sure how to make it happen yeah. or anything like that but, but I mean I just, I just feel um, we're living in those times where a lot of economies are quite precariously positioned and it's yeah. not to get political but I think the quick fix is, is what's at the forefront of a lot of people with the power's minds and the, yeah. with the money Whereas if they actually planted the seeds um, and thought a bit more long-term about setting up spaces like this that can benefit whole communities and bring business in in a different sense, mm. 
then maybe we won't hit these shit storms when they happen. Yeah, know? perfect. Yeah, perfect. I mean, that's exactly what what we want to do here is try, as I said, make that make that impact with people. So, you know, I spoke to a lot of people beforehand um, from other you know studio spaces, co-working spaces, and mm-hmm. all the things that they did. And um, uh, one of the one of the spaces, one of the businesses that is one of my favourite ever is Duke Studios in Leeds. I think I told you about it before. You did, because when we first met you, we were, I think you were in the process of visiting quite a few places mm. to get an idea, yeah. Yeah, so um, so Laura from Duke Studios is from Swansea originally. So when I emailed her, um, I was like, oh, I'm from Cardiff, like, I want to come up to Leeds and I see you, like, we're coming up just as coincidence, like, I'd be cool to come and see your space. She was like, you're originally from Swansea. It's like, okay, wicked. So yeah. we went up and she very kindly spent... Um, like half hour with us just t- telling us like their story but the things that we really got from that was oh, okay they've got the same ideas that we've got so it will work mm. we've just got to we've just got to find a way that it can start so you know they do um, uh, like stuff in kind for people so they do like one big project for free a year for yeah. like a community like for a community or for a project or something like that yeah. they do um, loads of crazy stuff like that, which is which is amazing. They do um, laser cut stuff and things like that um, for local businesses. Like they did, um, and just like stickers for something. And uh, they went around and stuck them all in window, went around and stuck them all in windows and things like that, which was amazing. And um, okay. so, so we have a studio dog as well. Yeah, the studio dog just joined us and. I was worried it was going to piss on the AstroTurf carpet there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but like all of the stuff that they did was amazing and all of the impact that they wanted to have was stuff that we wanted to do. Yeah. Um, one of the other spaces we went to was in Lisbon, uh, which is called Res de Chao, which I think means uh, ground floor in Portugal, in Portuguese. Um, and that was an amazing space. We found it on the last day and we only had an hour to go to it before we needed to get the train. So it was like super hot, like 40 degrees, like just yeah. running up and down. Lisbon's like really steep and then down and then steep and then down. So trying to get to this place. But um, we found it and it was amazing. It was literally a ground floor shop and the shop wasn't very big at all. I had like a couple of, couple of racks, a couple of shelves on the walls. Um, and then we're sort of cordoned off with some rope, and then there was desks, and then there was like a balcony. So there was a staircase in the middle, and a balcony on the top, and there were desks up there as well. Mm. And then what it was that they always took on empty spaces, but interesting empty spaces. And um, they, what they did is that everyone that worked there usually had something to sell on the side, whether it was maybe one or two prints, or like they were yeah. um, like clothes designers or jewelry designers, something like that. Everyone that worked there sold their stuff in the shop, which was amazing. Yeah. So that kind of space was really good. But their community stuff they did was also insane. They were like, actually, it wouldn't be beneficial if we went out by ourselves and were like, we're like cool creative people. Look at this mm. stuff you could buy and you know, all that kind of stuff, um, which is amazing. Uh, but the actual benefit that they wanted was to raise awareness of other communities that they were surrounded by. Mm. So they do a community market and they don't just do the community market for their creative community, they do it for their immediate community, as I just said. So they have, you know, they get the butcher down the road to sell meat and stuff. At this oh. And they do it outside the shop yeah. in the street. Just, it's just joining the dots, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's making everyone aware of everyone that's around them. Like yeah. you said, when that, 
when communities don't touch fully it's like that then you start to see the wider benefits of them just simply housing designers yeah. you know yeah even one of the most amazing things that like, I think they said they had an old lady upstairs that like knitted scarves and they were like if you knit us like 50 we'll like set up a stall for you and you can absolutely and then, brilliant and then yeah. you know she's just making scarves because she's an old lady and likes making scarves yeah she's got a bit of cash from that happy days yeah and get to know all the people in around the community absolutely. telling stories I often wonder why you know, you've got these I just written my last my latest column on Design Week and it was about the lessons I learned in Japan from looking at how they run a few of their high street stores so the book stores with my books being like they were all brilliant for different reasons um one of them has got, it's like this huge swooping arc and it's designed by these UK architects, I forget the name, and uh, they've, got a, they've got a shoe shine shop in there, they've got a barber's, they've got an Apple store, they're selling independent artist goods as well as the books, all the cool magazines, mm. they've got a full-blown restaurant in there and all sorts, and it's, it's a really cool place to hang out and a place yeah. to be. What I'm wondering is why, as, as more of our kind of archaic high street giants that I wrote about in this article, the HMVs, who are kind mm. of... I came very close to going under and I've, I've still not changed anything since the mid-90s despite yeah. almost going under. Yeah. Why are they not thinking more on their feet and turning it into an experience that you can't get on Amazon or you can't get on eBay? Um, but be, more, moreover beyond that, a lot of these stores have got two and three floors empty doing nothing above. Why not link up with those local design communities and, and house them? Yeah. I, mean, I don't know what the link-ups are but there are, there are definitely opportunities to do things like yeah. And when you've got spaces like these, I'm sure in time you'll start to think more and more ways to use it, whether it's, you mentioned events, but you know, beyond that, who's, who's to say there can't be a craft fair one, you know, twice yeah. a year or something within yeah. the same space? On one hand, it's you being entrepreneur, entrepreneurial or making a bit more of it, but on, on the other hand, like you say, it's linking everyone together. Yeah. There's, I, feel, I feel we're you know, very naive for a lot of businesses and stay very isolated and don't, don't make that happen. Yeah. Yeah, that... that collaboration between people is insanely important it's yeah. super super important and you know you said like putting in your own investment first before you get something out of it is almost the way that it has to happen now and it's, mm. it's such a difficult way to do stuff but yeah people do start paying attention if you if you get something off the ground yeah um, it's amazing um businesses working together is, is super important yeah so the the map that i gave you today get lost in cardiff map was started by my friend kirsty and my friend Lucy, who did the illustrations on the walls, and uh, they were just like, oh, you know, Kirsty runs her own shop in town, and it's, it's really nice, and she sells, like, designer homeware, so everything in there is, like, made in the UK or in Wales. Um, she's just like, oh, I need to connect with all these other independent businesses, because I'm an independent, and it's important that I support them, and they support me. Yeah. So they, they did the initial map with nine independent businesses on it, and they put this thing together, they got it printed. And then because they did that, the business improvement district got wind of it and were like, oh, we'll fund the next one for you. So Brilliant. now we've got 10,000 of these maps that got printed wow, today and 24 businesses on there. Absolutely fantastic. Because they took that initiative yeah. and did it themselves and then and now it's, it's actually making an even bigger impact, which is mm. good. So that is independent businesses working together, but it's also yeah. a big board of scary business people who now recognise the importance of independence and well, good. It's, that's those things give me hope you know that's the beginning of seeing the yeah. link ups going on there and yeah. I guess in that sense you've educated by going out and doing it it's yeah. as simple as that you've done it you've shown the benefits you've put it in their lap and they've gone mm. okay which makes me wonder because I, I I mean I get on my high horse sometimes about um, the lack of vision by the current government mm. particularly in things like removing art from um, the EBAC in the education system yeah. 
I told him we started on that one. Yeah, we had a conversation but, about that before. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I, I just wonder if... I mean, I, I don't genuinely think that uh, you know, the majority of... I mean, people like Nicky Morgan, who I kind of ranted about a little bit, I doubt she's a bad person. And maybe instead of you know me going and ranting on Twitter or whatever, it's more, not more beneficial to actually spend a little time putting together a blueprint that proves what I'm saying mm. and then package it nicely, send it with a nice polite letter and, and just... and. You know, I'm sure they're open to being educated about the benefits of this. And if it's yeah. put in their language and they can understand the figures, then maybe that's how it begins to turn. You know, I don't yeah. know. Well, this is a, this is the thing um, that that sort of build it and they will come mentality as well. Is if you've got to do stuff to make an impact. It, I mean, it sounds corny and cliche as well, but um, it's a super famous quote, but I have no idea who said it. Uh, it's the be the change that you want to see. Yeah, it was amazing. Like, and it's. This pretty much sums up that whole I thing. I think it was Gandhi, but I might be wrong. I might have shown myself up there. We'll no, it was Gandhi. <laughs> Gandhi's ringing bells for me as well, so I think yeah. that's probably right. But it's so true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, back to going back to Duke. What what happened to them is they built that that space. They built that co-working space, and the, the art studios and the digital studios and had all this stuff. They got a coffee shop and all kinds of crazy stuff. So it's amazing. Um, is that Leeds Council went? Oh. This is really good, and now Le- Leeds Council are yeah. trying to be as involved as they can, as far yeah. as I know. Correct me if I'm wrong, Laura. Um, but that, that kind of stuff happens. They've done like big parties in yeah. Leeds now as, that happened because of Duke and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So that's the kind of impact we want to start having here. As and well. I think the message is, like, you know, just from what you were saying there, by what a great initiative with the map like that. But yeah. if this is happening on mass and people see all the different facets it takes on, mm. then it's kind of hard to ignore. Yeah, yeah. Even the even the little stuff, the big impact is super important, yeah. Um, and the little stories are amazing. I think, you know, coming from from creativity side, is uh, those little heartwarming moments just make everything awesome now. So, um, yeah. Kirsty was saying a story about a, a map that um, two two uh, uh, two women came in um, that were sort of sixty plus to her shop with a map. And she was, and they started talking to her. She was like, "Oh, you've got a map. That's really awesome." And they said um, that their husband had given them a map and like a hundred quid to go and have a day out. Wow! Like with this, so they'd been to like the independent coffee shop. They'd been to you know the independent jewelry shop. Now they're in the independent, independent homeware stop shop. Wow! And then they were going to an independent restaurant. What a great thing! That's amazing, right? Like, yeah. and that and that is you're not going to like a big like. Not that there's anything wrong with them, but like you're not going to like a Nando's to have your food. Yeah. You're supporting someone that's going to have. Yeah, and what a simple amazing. device to make that happen. Yeah, without that linchpin, that map, yeah. that wouldn't have happened. But yeah. so what a great simplicity. Yeah, you know. So what you're saying about like putting putting the foundation in for stuff to happen. Yeah, it's like rather than the the initial um, like short short price. Like uh, I can't think of the words. The initial sort of like getting. As much money as you can out of something short term. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Is almost not is not beneficial. It's the foundation. It's almost the invisible stuff that you can't see that's going to work in a long period rather than a short term investment for a quick buck. Yeah, it is, and, uh, and that takes trust and balls. You know, which yeah. is hard to come by sometimes. Yeah. But so what's the long term projection? Have you thought that far down the line? I mean, do you want to? Is it, do you think you want to expand at some point? Or yeah. So what I'd love is to add some studios to here um, there's still a feeling in Cardiff for me certainly that a lot of people 
still want their private space. But if we were to have studios, we definitely wouldn't put doors on them. Um, I mean, we'd have, you know, the building would be safe, but it would yeah, still be yeah. quite an open, like, an, a sort of an open community approach to it. Um, just maybe with some walls so you can have a bit of private, but then not necessarily too private. Yeah. So I'd like to get some studios. Um, I'd like to get a bit more of a dedicated event space. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I guess even, even before all that stuff I'd sort of want everyone to start running as more of a collective everyone that works I'd start running more as a collective and more as m- more of like a like a tour de force if you were mm-hmm. like um, you know we've got three amazing designers here we've got an illustrator here we've got you know, a web and digital guy here. We've got a yeah. film editor, a writer. And Always a lot of collaborations stuff. going on. Yeah, so all of that kind of stuff I'd love to see get more traction. I'd also love someone to approach us as a studio. So, like, to take, be like, oh, you know, we've got all this, all these, an agency, sorry. Yeah. We've got these people where we could do your project for you. Mm. Um, I'd also like to come together to do our own projects, like, and try and make an impact. Yeah. So, we're talking at the moment of whether we can do something nice over Christmas, like maybe just sit outside with a kettle and like some cups mm. and just give people tea or something like that. Yeah. But, you know, it's you should do almost, I don't know my creative autonomy, you should almost do like a colour wheel type thing. So mm. you should have all the people with skills, what, yeah. what go within. That's really David Brent, that guest. We <laughs> <laughs> should almost have a colour wheel where you've got almost got, you know, you've got an illustrator, like so a designer, you've got a developer, but almost cross them over almost like a colour chart. Yeah. So you go from your primaries. Nice. And it's like it's almost like not insulting people's intelligence, but if you're a business who's never worked with creators before and they're looking at what you're doing, if you've got this simple device to go back yeah. to the map idea that goes, actually, if you mix the designer and the web designer, you can have a website, you could have an app, maybe. You know, if you've got an app, yeah. uh, that's more of a tech guy. I don't know. It's just a, just a very whimsical idea, but really potentially a really nice simple device yeah. to show how each of those people can provide that for you. Yeah. You know? Without you wouldn't have to change anything. What's going on in there? But you could just show people that if you bring them people together. Yeah, you can have that. That'd be lovely. You know, lovely. we could do a weird. Oh, we, oh, what else we do? We do like a weird game of, of guess who, <laughs> but, you, but you have to end up with like three people. Like, does he have a Mac? No. Brilliant. Yeah, that could work as well. <laughs> Is he covered in paint? No. Yeah, yeah that'd be quite good. <laughs> love that. Um, so yeah, we'd love to do that. Um, uh, I've I I just come from you know I I've always had bands I've always been in bands I haven't been in one for a really long time now but there's and you know you work with the hyena kill quite a lot there's merch there's yeah. stickers there's like everything just put studio stuff on all of that thing yeah. which would be amazing um, I'd love to start commissioning people for one off stuff so like like you for example would be like oh Ben you know, you've got a bit of budget can you do us like something we could put on a t-shirt yeah. and then we can sell that and then we could get like Lucy who did the illustration on the wall was like mm. Lucy do us a postcard do us a print we'll yeah. sell like a bunch of ten little bit of runs or whatever yeah yeah so we can yeah. do that as well it's just really maximising what you've got isn't it the, mm. the community you've built yeah so. and then I guess something that we'd love to do, well maybe me personally now would be um, to get involved m- more with university education and, and stuff like that. Well, there you go. I was, I was thinking that. I was thinking, yeah, I don't think I have visits from schools, for example, of kids who yeah. are, might be doing GCSEs and thinking about a creative career. I don't know, you know, because I'm a big advocate of that too. Right? Yeah. It goes back to that community thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's, there's so many people that sort of come out of university and feel sort of terrified by the prospect. Um, you know, I've got experience in it, you've got experience in it, um, especially, you know, reading Champagne and West Crayons as well. It's just like, 
just sort of worked in Waterstones and yeah. got a freezing cold studio and hassled the Guardian. Yeah. It, it's, it's obviously more complicated than that. I was like, oh shit, I'm no, really insulted Ben now. No, no, that is it in a nutshell. That's exactly it, obviously, with all the nuances, but that's essentially what it is, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I would have killed for that book like four years ago. You know, I would have killed for one of my friends, Mark, like three years ago. You know, I would have killed for somewhere like this where I could come in and be like, guys, yeah. is it all right? Am I all right? Yeah. Just like, yeah, it's fine. But these things happen at the right time in my estimation. You know, yeah, I think, uh, yeah. you know, they'll sort of land, like you said, about almost not giving up, but taking the focus off looking for a space and then lo and behold, a week later, yeah. maybe that shift in psychology. I don't know, yeah. you know, we're, we're getting into different, yeah, different territories there, but, you know, yeah. I think these things come in the, at the right time. Or yeah. present, you know, you've got the eye open to see them at the right time, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and always being open to those ideas is super important yeah. as well. Not, yeah, not giving up, always being open. Yeah, it's like you know, don't wait for opportunity or don't knock on it the door, yeah. bash it down, all that. Yeah, kind of go stuff. and find it. Yeah, and I mean, you, you, I mean, you made all the furniture as well. You know, these tables are awesome, and uh, yeah, see, that's you know, that's taking it to a base level. That's getting down and dirty and making it happen. Yeah, I mean, it, it just had to be done as well. Like IKEA is amazing, and you know, you've got to dance with IKEA sometimes. Well, a lot of the times, everyone has stuff from IKEA. We were talking about it earlier. Everyone's yeah. got an IKEA bookshelf. Yeah, which is all good. Um, <laughs> definitely, one of the things we wanted to stay away from was having white desks. Was having a white IKEA desk. So, we're sort of looking around, and then um, a guy called Rob Ashford, who used to work for Nesta, which is a digital innovation fund, was, was said, "Ah, um, oh, you should uh, have a look at Open Desk." And I was like, "Wow, oh, that sounds interesting." Called Open Desk. Um, I'm always a bit wary of startups and startup mentalities and stuff like that. Um, but I checked these guys out and they are open source furniture makers, essentially. Um, so what you can do is you can either say, hey, open desk, I want uh, one, of these, one of these tables. Um, can you get me a quote? And then they, they either... So say you're in New York, for example. They would then source a local maker in New York to make that table for you so it was only down the road so they could deliver okay. it for you cool um, so it's, their whole thing is designed in London made in so you know our desks in here were designed in London made in Cardiff designed in London made in New York designed in London made in Australia Brilliant. and they've got this whole global thing going on and then you get a quote from them and then you pay you know you pay the local maker so you're supporting your own local economy essentially which is insanely cool. good yeah. um, to make it for you and deliver it and stuff uh, or, because it's open source, they've got all of the digital fabrication files for a CNC machine for all of their designs, which designers have uploaded and designers have been vetted and they've been paid and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you can download the digital fabrication files, pay OpenDesk and the designer a license fee and make it yourself. Wow. So that's what I did, um, which was an insane learning curve. Um, lots of sweat lots of broken uh, drill bits, lots of um, <laughs> yeah, sawdust up my nose. I'd be ruining them awful with DIY. Uh, well, it was, uh, what I loved about it is that because it was all digital, you download this file um, and then you, you set the big, you set this big CNC, you know what CNC is, right? It's, no. Okay, so it's like, so um, the desks in the other room are made out of one sheet of ply, which is this 18 mil ply here on the floor. Okay. Um, and a CNC is basically, it's like a drill bit like this with like a hoover around the side of it. And the drill bit spins really quickly yeah. and cuts the shape out. Okay. So it moves down and cuts the shape out of the wood and like cuts all this out yeah. stuff. So you set up this file and you say, right, it needs this drill bit at this depth. 
yeah. going around this shape, and then you cut mm. all the bits out of the wood. Okay. Um, so you do that, sand it, wax it, sand it, put it together, which is really nice. Brilliant. Um, so that whole learning curve is really good, and now I know what makes a really good a really good bit of furniture, a really solid bit of furniture. Yeah, well, they're are, awesome. Yeah, they're really solid. Oh, man, they're and they look great as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're really Fits good. the whole field, you know, the wood-polished floor and the, yeah. it really comes together, all of it. Yeah, and the, the whole point was that it was it was open and it was different and we've got, you know, I think we're the first people in Wales to have open desk stuff. So we've, the, the way I like to think about it and the really nice thing is that we've got almost this global business, this global community of people in a really local space now, which I love, 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 love. Um, and, you know, I went up to Open Desk in September and just said, hi, like, hey, how's it going? And they were really nice. And they invited me with coffee and some biscuits and stuff. They showed me what they were working on. We've got some super amazing stuff happening there. <clears throat> you know, and we're just opening that conversation. You know, we're going to write a blog for them. They're going to write a blog for us. Perfect. So we've just got yeah. that connection already. Just and they're like, yeah, again. whenever you Absolutely. come up to Bethnal Green again. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Really cool. Mm. I love it. Well, it's, I think it's absolutely blown away and I think uh, yeah you've got all the right ideas to make it a success so hopefully yeah. it goes that way so I'm going to ambush you now with the shark, shark in the tank section at the end so yeah for a love and a hate a love and a hate yeah which Lauren who's sat in the room with us absolutely nailed earlier <laughs> I don't know right explain the concept to me again it's I, I started it off it was I, I said that because Damien Hurst shark in the tank is probably my favourite piece of art and mm. yeah, it's a very uh, loathed and loved piece by people <laughs> so I just ask for a very loosely creatively themed love and a hate a negative and a positive and it can be some people go way outside creativity it's just a very mm. lateral question that generally brings some quite interesting answers what do I love and what do I hate and I've got to go up against Goodland <laughs> you have <laughs> okay um, what do I love creatively um, I think just how open and approachable it can be and maybe accessible as well I'm just answering so much now <laughs> I don't know I think there's just a really nice um, honesty to it like just, just to what the just, just to creativity yeah just you know it's just and I think I, I love how much it can inspire people and how much impact it can have Mm. Um, you know I love that someone can go oh we can do this and you go like that's creativity and they go oh really so you know yeah. me, we have spoken before about Ken Robinson and he he talks about creativity in a completely different way to everyone else he's just like everyone is creative it's mm-hmm. just something that is, is sort of educated out of you yeah um but I almost love that everyone has that spark and everyone has that creative potential. Yeah, whether they know it or not, it's you there. Know, it, it's boundless. Yes, yeah. you know it's. Uh, wow, what else did he say? I think Ken Robinson's one of my heroes as well, and just you know, some of the stuff he says, like you know, so someone designed a rocket to go to the moon. Like, yeah. Just think about how massive that is. It's like, unbelievable, isn't it? That yeah. that took creativity to do that. Yeah, which is insane. 3D printing. 3D printing, yeah. Which is this incredible uh, mix of technology, science, yeah. creativity, business. Yeah. It's, it's just a beautiful marriage of all those things and this mind-blowing result. Yeah. Which she's now making prosthetic limbs. It's amazing. So there you go again. You know when people understate creativity and separate it from yeah. business and tech and everything else? It's so wrong because yeah. look at that, saving lives and giving people yeah. you know, limbs. And I think that's the hate. 
I think that's the hate is how undervalued it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's how undervalued yeah. it is. I know that's... that um, the, uh, the Amy who works here wrote a piece of the Telegraph on how valuable creative creativity is to business now. And just it was like mm-hmm. in a really simple form and I think we found a quote from Design Council that was like every hundred pound you spend on creativity you get 225 back there's a 125% increase on whatever you put into creativity yeah. you know so I guess the love is how amazing it can be mm-hmm. and what it can do and how it can work in so many realms of, of business and, and you know just, just humans in general and approaches in science and technology mm-hmm. but the hate is yeah how invisible and how undervalued it can yeah. be. Yeah. yeah, the archaic model thinking and assessing it. Yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah. But there are, I've seen more and more positives and more, you know, thawing out of minds, yeah. like you said, about the um, bigger business seeing this smaller stuff going on and going, oh, shit. Yeah. Like these awakenings almost. It's yeah. almost like a big part of our industry's role now almost moving forward is to, is to actively break that yeah. old mind. So, yeah, that's you know, it. And yeah, you know, doing the doing things creatively and, and trying to take a different approach to stuff as yeah. well. Like, you know, this 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 place that that we've built, you know, Rabble Studio is a, like it is not a standard business model. Like, it doesn't work. That's mm. why we got turned down for so many loans, for so many you know startup investments for all of that stuff because they yeah. were like, it doesn't work. So yeah, it's beyond the uh, the the model. Yeah, but the really difficult thing that we're trying to prove is that it does work. But it's out. It's you know what your your approach is outdated. Yeah. You know I don't. I think I know a very small amount of people that only do one job now. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. You know you've got you've and you know people that are still trying to bang the stuff in. And then you've got these amazing kids that are doing like you know you've got like seven year olds that are doing that podcast you did with that with like so a ten year old yeah it's insane. <laughs> but it's brilliant, isn't it? And again, I, I see the benefit. You know, I saw that. I just saw what an opportunity there to do something different for my show in a yeah. very selfish way, but also just to show off actually how smart kids are getting now, that's and if, that's, if they're encouraged and shown the way, that's the next generation, you know? Yeah. So, you yeah. know, the kids are building robots and shit now. Like, it's it's, yeah. <laughs> it's madness, it is, yeah. but I love it. <laughs> yeah, so, cool. last of all, where can people find uh, Rabble and, and, and get in touch? Okay, so you can get in touch. Um, so we're at rabblestudio.co.uk. You can send us an email, hello at rabblestudio.co.uk. Social media is rabblestudio, Instagram, yeah. Facebook, Twitter. Perfect. Yeah. Just tap yeah. us up. I, like, I'm always on there like, hey, sending gifts and that weird <laughs> stuff. So, yeah. Brilliant. I love it. Nice one. Thanks for your time, Dan. Yeah, thank you very much. So I hope for anyone who's considering doing a similar thing, whether it's just setting up, you know, three or four desk spaces or 20 plus like Dan has done with Rabble, that that conversation provided some inspiration and some motivation to do that because I loved the time I spent with Dan doing that uh, at Rabble and it's a really cool space. So if you're in Cardiff, hit him up. I'm sure he'll show you around. Go and check out the space. Really cool, inspiring, creative professionals working in there and it just looks beautiful. It's very cosy. They had all the Christmas decorations up when I went around and... It makes you a little jealous if you don't have a cool studio space. So, you know, it's enterprising stuff going on there from Dan and the guys at Rabble. So hats off to them, doing some strong work. Go and have a look at them on their website and go check them out in person if you're in town in Cardiff. Um, I just, like I said before, I really hope this is the way of thinking that we can start to make more common, you know, push it past that tipping point so that it isn't just all about commercial spaces and luxury flats taking over because I really believe that 
cities and towns, we need that base of creativity if we're to grow and keep places exciting and keep things forward thinking. So it was a real eye-opener for me and a real good insight as to what goes on, and Dan seems to be doing a wonderful job, so big congrats to those guys on doing that. Uh, thanks as ever for listening. Let us know your thoughts on the show, at Arrest on the Mix. Hit us up on the Twitter. Um, always happy to have those conversations. More and more people giving me the feedback on the shows, which I love, and sharing them. Recent shows, we've had Malika Favreau, Lauren Goodland. We had Nick Chubb talking about portfolios and what a modern portfolio is. Get me your ideas as well, because I always want to keep doing these more lateral shows and thinking about themes and what do people want to listen to and what do you want to learn. And, you know, hopefully I'm in a position now with this microphone uh, and, a, you know, a bit of sponsorship supporting me to go and go and make those things happen and find out what the hell's going on, because it's exciting times for the creative industries and I think we're going to have to fight hard moving forward and I think this year we're going to see we need to play a big role in kind of political and social events and just society in general so it's exciting times ahead I think it's a big year for everyone and I hope you've got big plans and you're going to keep spreading the word about the show so thanks again for all your support in 2016 and I can't wait to bring you some of the guests we've got coming up so keep your eyes peeled always putting it out there on social media previewing reviewing and getting you those shows so thanks guys for tuning in and i hope you enjoyed today's show with dan spain and rabble studio take care and i'll see you next week you've been listening to